Please be seated. Today we're continuing in a series about the way Jesus described himself. He, he used seven I am statements to tell us who he was. And today we're getting to this one, I am the good shepherd. This is from John chapter 10, starting in verse 14 and going to 16. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know my father. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in the sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So some of y'all know that the first, well, one of the first churches I pastored was out in West Texas. It was out in San Angelo. What you may or may not know is that up until about 15, 20 years ago, San Angelo was one of, if not the, sheep ranching capital of the world. Did y'all know that? Sheep ranching capital of the world. So I got there. I kind of started to know the culture, and I thought, I'm a fresh seminary grad. I'm a new pastor. God talks a lot about sheep, how we are his sheep. I need to understand this more, being a city girl growing up in San Antonio. So I found some of the sheep ranchers in my congregation or some people who had a background in it. And I said, okay, tell me about sheep. And what does it mean that Jesus is comparing us to sheep? It's not good. It's not good at all, y'all. The first thing that everyone says who has any experience with sheep is that sheep are tragically dumb. (laughs) Tragically dumb. Um, Dr. Matt, after service, said, Pastor Laura, it's well known in the vet world that we, we whisper behind our backs, sheep are just the only animal in the world looking for a place to die. Okay? They are so dumb, you guys. These ranchers told me they're so dumb that if it starts raining, it can make them sick. They hate it. They can have a barn 30 feet away that they sleep in every night, okay? They hate the rain. It starts raining. They just stand there. Like, oh, this again. They actually, to get to the barn, y'all, they have to have a shepherd say, Okay, now let's walk over to this barn. <laughs> like it's they're that dumb. Okay, so tragically dumb. Okay, the second part of sheep that is kind of interesting is that they are hopelessly lost all the time. These ranchers said they're born with something like Alzheimer's when they're little and they never grow out of it. They just it gets worse and worse. And they described it like this: they can eat their way lost. Okay, so what happens is a sheep, if you don't have them fenced in or if they break down or if they're not under good supervision, they just put their heads down, they start eating, they start eating, they start eating. They, they might look up and go, huh. <laughs> you know, and even, you know, the, for the animal that can't go into the barn when it's 30 feet away, even if they're close to home, no idea. I could tell you story after story of people who told me about lost sheep and how they would just, okay, so tragically dumb, hopelessly lost, and finally, utterly defenseless, utterly defenseless. Um, You think about most mother animals on earth, they, they have something that they can fight with. Like, have you ever cornered a feral cat with kittens? That's a little animal. 
but it's got teeth and claws, and you don't want to mess with that. I've seen cats back down dogs, right? Dogs even can, I mean, they've got the teeth, and you don't want to mess with them. Have you seen that thing of that goose chasing that golfer? It was maybe a month ago or something. Like, it's a goose, dude, you know, and the golfer, it's hissing and stuff, and the golfer's running away. So even a goose is more terrifying than a sheep, because do you want to know what a sheep has? If you're threatening, if it sees a predator and its, its baby is in danger, you want to know what it can do? Oh, terrifying. Sheep are the prey of the world. Have any of y'all taken kids, grandkids to see Zootopia? No? Okay. If you go see Zootopia, I've got that age. The, there's predators and prey, and the example of prey is the sheep. I'm like, that is true to form. Okay, so tragically dumb, hopelessly lost, and permanently, you know, defenseless, okay, utterly defenseless. These are the animals that Jesus is comparing us to. What is he saying about the state of our souls? But before I let you go too far down that road of what Jesus is saying about us, I want, I want us to think about something we're not often thinking about, which is what is the comparison he's making to himself using this metaphor? He says he's the good shepherd. Now, y'all, when we think about shepherds, we think about the person who knows you need to get in and out of the rain, right? I love the shepherds I've spoken to. They're wise. They, they have a wisdom I don't possess. A lot of them have really cool trained dogs, right? Um, they, they can do amazing things. You see them on TV. We make movies about them, like Babe, um, about a sheep rancher and his dog and his trained pig. And I mean, we, we watch competitions with shepherds. We go up and talk to them. We hold them in high regard. But it wasn't like that in Jesus' day. Not at all. In fact, in Jesus' day, shepherd was like one rung up the ladder from beggar, leper, completely unemployed. It was what you did if you had failed everything else. So if you, could, if you had a mind to think you went to rabbinical school and you, you tried to learn as much of the Torah and the law as you could and move up, if you could get your child apprenticed, to someone, you would help them learn a trade, like be a carpenter, or maybe you'd teach them what you knew how to do, which was farm the land or work the, you know, work the lake and, and get fish. And, you know, whatever you could do, merchant or um, learned person, you would do it before shepherd. Because shepherds hung out with dogs. This was not a good thing back then. They slept in the wilderness. They were with sheep. They smelled Bad. They were rough, uncouth, low class men. And so I think the most shocking part of this metaphor is if we can imagine we were sitting at Jesus' feet in the first century, and here is the man that we think might be the answer to the prophecies the chosen one, the anointed the Son of God. Here he is. And in the scriptures, what are the names that would be running through our heads? Well, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, all of these royal exalted titles. And then 
Jesus says, you want to know who I am? Yes, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace. I'm the good shepherd. You're what? Wait, come again? But see, Jesus isn't talking about, he's not trying to exalt himself. He's trying to speak about our need and how only he can meet that need. And the good shepherd. Because the thing about sheep that these sheep ranchers taught me is they have to have a shepherd. They will perish without a shepherd. And there are good ones and there are bad ones. If there isn't a good one around, they'll take a bad one. And the truth of living in this world is that there is a bad shepherd working very hard to make us follow him. Whether you call him the devil or the evil one or Satan or just the bad shepherd, all of us, all of us have heard his whispers. To our shame have followed and have been led down into the darkness, into the hurt and the pain. Anytime we hear those whispers of greed or pride, arrogance, lust, hatred, Anytime, I know you've heard some whisper like this that says, ah, just fudge those numbers just a little bit. You get more back on your taxes. You can make the sale. It won't look so bad this quarter. Or maybe, you know, just kind of, just, just kind of talk up to your boss the problems that that other employee is having. Just, just fudge them just a little bit. It'll make you look better. There are those whispers inside of us when we're getting angry and there's something inside saying, just let it go. Just unload. Wouldn't it feel good to just... That's the evil shepherd. That's the bad shepherd that leads us, as Jesus says, to death, that robs us of life. He says, I'm the good shepherd. Would that you would hear my voice and follow me. So why is Jesus good? He gives us three reasons here. The first reason. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I know them. In the ancient Near East, shepherds did know their sheep. They knew them by name. They knew their needs. Uh, That one gets lost a lot, or that one tends to stumble on this kind of ground, or that one is an orphan lamb and I need to carry it. They knew their animals and how to provide for them. This was a really neat thing. The animals knew them too. So if they were near a town at night, they would have large sheepfolds somewhere in the town. And all the shepherds could bring their sheep and put them in the fold all mixed up together. Now, can the sheep unmix themselves on their own? Heck no, that's way beyond a sheep. So what, uh, what the shepherd would do was in the morning, the shepherd would stand at the doorway and call to the sheep by name. One by one. And y'all, when a sheep hears its shepherd, it, it listens, it responds. It actually knows its shepherd's voice. It hears its name and it comes. So all the sheep know to separate themselves from all the other sheep. The rest of them are like, that's not my shepherd. Come out. The shepherd would count, would say, oh, tiny Tim doesn't listen so good. Tiny Tim, tiny Tim. Oh, 
Now Tiny Tim hears and comes out. So the shepherd knows the sheep, and as Jesus says, I know my sheep and they know me. Um, Just a little bit about being known. Isn't it lovely that Jesus says, I know you? In a world that sometimes we move through and people know our work face or they know our fun face or they know the facade, to be known, our hopes and our dreams, our fears, even the guilt that we try to hide, to be known and then loved just unconditionally, to have a God who says, I know you, I love you, and I know exactly the quiet waters that will quench the thirst in your heart. What a gift. Um, The second thing that Jesus says is the reason he's good is he says, I sacrifice my life for the sheep. Now, that goes beyond a normal shepherd. A normal shepherd is good at leading the sheep on safe paths and getting them to green pastures and and maybe quiet waters. And they can certainly get them to a sheepfold at night, and they would sit in the doorway to discourage the predators. But it was well known that if a pack of wolves or a pack of animals attacked, well, most shepherds would get out of there. I mean, it's sheep. Jesus says, not me. When the darkness comes, when eternal death is stalking you, he's not going to back down. He's not going to run away. He's stand in the gap for you, giving his life for you. And so as his sheep, we know that whatever darkness we're facing in our life, whatever that is, we are not alone right next to us is our shepherd. The final reason that Jesus is good is he cares for everybody. You know, oftentimes he says, I have other sheep and I have to bring them too. And oftentimes in church, we tend to think that we can get our arms around the idea that God loves us here, right? God loves us. And the beautiful thing about Jesus is he's always saying, yes, I love you. I know you. I have given my life for you. But remember, I love them too. I love the people who didn't get up early to be here. I love the people who I've been calling to and they've been running away. I love all of these people and I will never stop calling them. So just as he's at the door to our sheepfold calling us out every morning, so too is he calling every other person in this world hoping that someday they'll respond. Someday they'll say, I'm tired of this bad shepherd and I want to follow a good one. And what I think about when I think about responding to that voice, what it means to hear the voice of God, our good shepherd, and respond, is I think about the day that Anna was born. Anna's my firstborn, our firstborn, and I was excited, and I was terrified, terrified. And I remember when finally she was delivered, they held her up, and I'm just staring at her. That's our baby. Um, She was a little bit purple. 
I didn't know that wasn't normal. I'm like, babies are purple. That's amazing. She was screaming her head off. She had her cord around her neck. So they take her away. They're giving her oxygen. They're cleaning her up. And I'm looking. That's my daughter over there. Um, They're scrubbing her. They're putting that goop in her eyes. She was so mad. By the time they brought her over to me, she was, I mean, the bright lights, the people, the scrubbing, the goop, she was in a state. And they put her on my chest, this is your daughter, right? Screaming her head off. I put my arms around her. She didn't even have a name yet. We hadn't named her yet. I kind of touched her like this. Still screaming. Y'all, I had no idea what to do with a crying baby. None. And so I remember holding her and looking at her, and all I knew to do is I just said, hello, my little baby. And right when I said, hello, my little baby, she stopped crying. And she turned her little goopy eyes, and she started to try to look for my face. And I was shocked. Kevin was shocked and didn't know what had just happened. Why had she stopped crying? And the nurse put her hand on my shoulder and said, keep talking to her mama. Your voice is the voice she's heard her whole life up until now. If you just keep talking, she'll know she's going to be okay. So I said, you're my little girl. You're okay. I know it's a scary new world, but we're together and you're okay. That always reminds me of what it means to listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd. We hear that voice. That's, that's the voice of the one who loves us, who will die for us. And when we hear his voice, we say, it's going to be Okay. Because if I'm with him, I'm home. Let's pray. Good shepherd, help us to hear your voice. Calm our fears. Help us to stay close to you. To know that we are loved and we are protected. We are known. And Lord... Help us to remember that there are so many more who need to hear your voice too. And sheep that we are, help us to be maybe the way that they could hear your voice too. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.